Welcome to Good Morning, the podcast on a mission to open up the conversation around grief and loss with honesty and humour. Hosted by Sally and Imogen, we interview interesting guests to hear how losses shape their lives. Join us as we laugh, cry and drop the odd F-bomb. Welcome to the Good Morning Podcast. Hello. How are you? I'm good, Sal. How are you? I am really well. We are coming in hot with our third Up Close and Griefy episode. Has it been three already? Yeah, three. Well, it's been two. So this is the third. This is the third. Exciting. So we are going to be talking today about something that is quite common when you're grieving, and that is anxiety we have both really struggled with anxiety since our mums died I think we were probably quite prone to it prior to losing our mums but it's really gone to town and it's something that we know a lot of you guys have really struggled with so we thought we'd dedicate a whole episode to this topic because we could talk for days (laughs) Um, well that we're singing this time (laughs) yes just mixing it up a bit guys yeah so we put a shout out to you guys on instagram to share your questions experiences and tips and to be honest the response was absolutely overwhelming so many of you sent questions in for us you sent us messages about your experiences so we've tried to include as much as we possibly can in this episode Um, hopefully it will be relatable and also there might be some takeaways ways that might help you guys definitely so to preface this I'll start with me so I was I have struggled with anxiety for as long as I can remember but as Sal mentioned it's definitely gone to town since experiencing the loss of my mum so when I was about 17 I was diagnosed with what's called generalized anxiety disorder and it is when you constantly worry about every aspect of your life and it's very consuming and yeah it's just a really horrible way to live must be really debilitating very debilitating and I was hospitalized on a few occasions from severe panic attacks and I've struggled with health phobias I'd convinced myself that I had diseases which we had talked in another episode previously but I didn't delve into too much um, with Annie Horton mm. And yeah, it's just, it's taken over a a huge chunk of my life and it's something that I've always struggled with, but it is definitely a different kind of anxiety when you lose a loved one. So I really wanted to delve into that with Mm. you and and what that feels like as well. How do you think it's different in terms of the anxiety that you felt sort of when your mum was alive to then the anxiety that you're now feeling? I think the main one is I used to worry a lot about myself but now it's sort of a lot more externalized like worrying about um, people that I love and feeling really out of control about you know what's happening externally whereas before I would feel out of control with what was happening internally Mm. Um, for me like I'd feel like I was going to die or I feel like I was going to faint or I feel like I was going crazy all of these things but now it's this real kind of existential fear Mm. um, which I don't think I experienced as much before so it has changed in that way. I think that's something that a lot of listeners have struggled with as well because a lot of people wrote in um, you know replied to the Instagram stories questions and said 
they feel like out of control and they worry constantly they're anxious that something's going to happen to their loved ones and I can definitely relate to feeling that way as well like I've always been a worrier by nature like always worry 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 but I now get so anxious that my husband's going to die Mm-hmm. or someone that I love is going to suddenly die and it's it, I have to really work on trying to talk myself down from it because yeah like you say it's like things that you can't control it's external stuff not as much like oh am I doing this right or you know worrying about yourself and the internal yes nail on the head and that is something that you have brought up with me before especially with Ant. you mm. know worrying about like losing him and what that would look like and you just you go into this place in your head and worst case scenario and I I know a huge one um that we do and I know a lot of our followers had had messaged in about the same sort of thing is like when either the phone rings or when someone doesn't answer their phone like (laughs) oh my gosh yes when Ant doesn't answer his phone I immediately worst case scenario he's dead yeah, like yes. it, it goes straight there. And I think before mum died suddenly, maybe I would have just been a bit calmer about it. But now, honestly, I'm like, right, that's it. Call, like, in, call in the hospitals. <laughs> honestly, and I, I think it's pretty common. And I think I probably feel like I feel a bit crazy when I when I start panicking and I'm getting anxious about it. But especially if I try and call him a few times, let's say it's been like half an hour. He's probably... Oh, half an hour. He's definitely dead. Oh. <laughs> He might be like in meeting or he's you know on the phone. Fuck, you're way better than me. I'm one minute and he's dead. (laughs) (laughs) You call in the funeral homes, no? I I planned his funeral. I legit did it the other night when he had. What do you mean? Yeah, he had football training. Ben did, my partner. And he's usually home at about twenty past eight in the evening. And I think it was like twenty five past eight. He didn't answer the phone and normally he'd call me when he's in the car. Yes, I know I sound like a crazy person, but normally he'd call me when he's in the car on the way home at like around that time. And I tried to call him and he didn't even answer. So I'm like, my my brain is like, okay, well, I know he'd be in the car now. Why isn't he answering his phone? The phone would be coming connected through the car speaker. So there's no way he could miss that I'm calling. He's dead. But he wasn't. He turned up like two minutes later at the back door. <laughs> but I think it is like from losing, from the sudden death, and, and I think it's different for everybody, but definitely your mind can go there when you're feeling really anxious about, you know, that topic. Your mind can just go straight there to like worst case scenario. And it's quite like, I really have to sit with myself and go, you know, no, like you're thinking of the worst thing possible. He's probably just... On the phone Put, or... Putting in petrol. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, I think for me, I I was in such fight or flight mode when mum died and I had so much to do. I was so busy and I was just like... I didn't really have time to think about anything other than the practical stuff that needed to get done. So I think my anxiety probably came a couple of months later and I started to... When I had a bit more sort of, I guess, time on my hands, yes. I started to worry and feel anxious about stuff. Whereas in those first initial months, I was just too busy to really let myself worry too much because there was just too much that needed to be like ticked off and get done. And you threw yourself back into work quite quickly as well. So yes. I don't think that really gave you time to sort of have a breather and feel the real depths of grief. It, yeah, it didn't really. Yeah. Um, and in for you, like, how has how has anxiety manifested itself, like, physically for you? 
How hasn't it? Oh gosh. Um, one of the main sensations I struggle with is I have such a tight chest all the time as if somebody's standing on my chest. It's like mm. where my solar plexus is and it's really heavy. Mm. And um, yeah, that's kind of how it manifests. That, that's the main way that it does manifest. But I also just feel really sick. I get changes in appetite. So when my mum first died, like I really didn't eat at all. And that is so unlike me because I'm usually a comfort eater. Mm. You know this about me now. I've definitely reverted back to comfort eating. Um, but that was a huge change. Um, I also get difficulty breathing when my breathing is really shallow and then I make myself dizzy as a result of that. I get mm. sweaty palms, pins and needles, um, just f- the overwhelming feeling of dread as mm. well. Like, like, impending doom and there's nothing in front of me like it's just it's really hard and what about you Sal? I definitely have trouble sleeping so getting to sleep and then sort of staying asleep waking up you know and sort of like tossing and turning definitely difficulty concentrating as well especially if I'm having a really anxious day yeah super super hard to concentrate um I, yeah, sometimes feel like di- a little bit dizzy, but I think that might be also a byproduct of my rushing around, which I'm prone to do. Um, regular listeners of the podcast will know that I am a busy bee. Um, but you've recently implemented some changes into your routine to make sure you slow down a bit. Definitely. And you know what? I think that has been really helpful for my anxiety as well. So just really taking a step back and trying to implement rest time and also time like where I switch my brain off and I actively so like I try meditation I might try doing some like breathing exercises maybe even some journaling and I definitely recommend that to listeners as well if you're feeling anxious maybe try writing it out something I've been doing um is cognitive behavioral therapy and some CBT exercises around really rationalizing and kind of stepping out my anxiety and my thoughts and that has definitely been helpful for me um to try and rationalize some of the you know worry especially around things like you know sudden death and people dying suddenly um I would recommend that that has been helpful definitely for me yeah CBT is what I so cognitive behavioral therapy is what I used to get quite regularly when I had really bad anxiety um growing up and it did help so much doesn't it like just getting yourself out of these irrational thoughts and being like okay well what's what is the worst thing that can happen and then bring yourself step by step back from that to like okay well that's not likely what's happened yeah it's so so helpful and do you think in that your anxiety so when you're worrying that Ben's gonna die and you know he hasn't picked up his phone do you think that impacts Ben oh hugely yeah Oh my God, I'm like a stage five clinger. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know that Ant, it does affect Ant when I sort of am worried about his health and his, you know, like mortality. I know that, that he does feel that. He probably to, starts to think about it too. Yeah, and I have to really like be conscious to try and, and not let my worry impact him. Yes. Um, it's definitely something that I'm conscious of um, and trying to sort of manage because I think he maybe sometimes takes it on a bit as well. Yeah, I guess Ben does too. Ben is a bit of a worrier about his health. Like he's he'll Google things sometimes. Like, oh my God, who has Googled? Uh, if you look at my Google search history, <laughs> it is not 
normal. Like I Google the most bizarre health things, anxiety things. And especially just after my mum died, I Googled pretty much everything to do with death. Like what happens when someone dies? Will I ever be okay again? Am I going to survive this? Can you survive, you know, losing a loved one? Like I literally Google the most random things. I think that health anxiety can be something that a lot of people can struggle with after losing a loved one maybe especially if you lost somebody to a certain illness or they died like from a disease or a cancer or something maybe that is something that manifests in and I know you have have had sort of health anxiety for quite a while my health anxieties yeah it was so severe I used to go around to um different medical centers and so I had a few diseases that I was obsessed with that I had and I'd go around oh my god (laughs) I'm so weird and but I actually think it's more common than I think it's just something that people don't talk about like I was full of shame about this and there was only maybe a few like a handful of people that knew that this was going on for me but it was I think it is probably more common than than people realize yeah but we just don't open up about it so hopefully by me sharing this um and if any listeners are going through the same thing like that they don't feel so alone with it because it's really awful Sal like Mm. I used to go on my lunch break from work and walk around and just like Google I'd be on forums to do with these particular diseases and reading what the symptoms are and whether people survive them so I just lived my life as if I was dying like I wasn't fully living and I wasn't fully present I was just constantly in this crippling fear and worry that I was going to die Um, but I think for me because I didn't my mum didn't die from natural causes um, I haven't had that come in as strong Mm. Um, but if she had I definitely I'm telling you now would have 100% have diagnosed myself with the same disease if she did if she'd had died from a disease Um, so that, I mean, that sounds really debilitating and you're constantly worrying and Googling stuff and you're like so consumed by the sounds of it with this worry and this anxiety about your health. So how did you bring yourself out of that? What coping mechanisms d- did you find that really helped? I medicated, I was on medication for on and off for a few years. Um, it just got to the point where I just couldn't, I couldn't take it anymore, Sal. And mm. I, I just, I was exhausted and I was just so drained so I um spoke to obviously I said I went around to a lot of GPs to try and get help and no one could really help me and then I kept getting tested to make sure that I wasn't really dying and then even when they tell me that I wasn't or the tests were negative I'd just challenge that in my head I'd be like well they must have mixed up the results like there was just a reason for everything which is just yeah it's awful and I was seeing a lot of psychologists I was taking medication the medication helped a bit but it didn't it didn't get rid of it um I like I said I had to do a lot of CBT work which helped I don't know what switched me out of it after all it was when I was living in London I remember when I moved over to London I think big changes in life can really like make anxiety like rear its head mm. so obviously loss is a big one um but when I moved to London and relocated my life over there is when it got really bad so I spoke to a therapist over there and that really helped and I just think yeah like CBT and just knowing that it is all in my mind and it is something that you can overcome because I did overcome it um but yeah I think that sounds like CBT and uh, and definitely seeing a medical professional if you do find that you have you know your anxiety is is becoming unmanageable I just wanted to share a story from a reader on um, that she shared with us on Instagram after our shout out about how she overcame her health anxiety 
So she said, I just thought I'd share my experience with grief anxiety. For me, grief anxiety became a serious health anxiety, especially surrounding COVID and myself getting cancer as my mum died of cancer and most of my family have had it in various forms. My health anxiety then became obsessive compulsive disorder where I spent hours Googling symptoms. Oh my God, it's me. Yeah, it's very similar to what you <laughs> Oh my through. God, I could have written this. Checking my body for lumps and bumps literally every half an hour or so and ended up paying so much money for private scans because of this fear. So it sounds pretty intense. It, yeah. It wasn't until my boyfriend finally decided to talk openly with me that I realised how bad I'd become. It was taking over my life and he has said it was really obvious. We talked about it really openly for ages and since that conversation, I've managed to let go of many of my OCD habits. I would encourage anyone who is grieving and struggling with this to open up to somebody about it. Or if family and friends of somebody know someone grieving and have noticed this behaviour, speak to them, but in a gentle and kind way. I've now addressed my OCD and I've become so much better and happier and managed to slowly let go of most of my habits. I actually think that I have, this has switched something in my mind, is I think that that is so true and great advice because I think it is the, the minute that I opened up to Ben, who I was you know, in a relationship with in London, about what I was experiencing, I wasn't suffering alone anymore. And it was mm. felt like such a ridiculous and shameful and embarrassing thing to admit to him that I obsessed that I have these diseases. It's also a weird thing to say to someone. Um, but he he helped me. That sounds like it's, yeah, a, definitely a way to, to cope with it and being open and, and finding someone to talk about it too. So thank you to our um, listener for sending that um, story in. We're really glad that you have managed to, yeah, find a way to cope better with, with your anxiety. That's absolutely brilliant. Another thing that's a big thing for me, and I know it's for you as well, is uncertainty and needing to feel in control of things. And I think... Com- can be common when something happens suddenly so like our mum's died suddenly and for me a lot of my anxiety was trying to deal with my mum's estate from overseas like I was selling a house mid-pandemic from the other side of the world I had never sold a house before it took like eight months and it was a real practice in managing managing my anxiety I would go to bed and my mind would be racing you know things were really slow over there because of the pandemic and then obviously the time difference and I couldn't control things and I really struggled with that massively and I could it's not like I could just pop to the estate agents to have a chat with them or pop to see the solicitor and um yeah that caused me a lot of anxiety and the kind of need to sort of be in control I think is something that I have found has been part of that um I it's quite funny actually I used to get like whatsapp messages from my mum's neighbours so the estate agents couldn't set the alarm properly on the house oh I love this story oh my god (laughs) even though like my mum's ex her partner um at the time that she passed he was going round and like showing them how to set the alarm you'd think they would do this all the time being estate agents literally I would get whatsapp messages from her next door neighbour saying the alarm's going off it's like but I would, I turn my phone on when I go to sleep. I put it on airplane mode. So I'd wake up in the morning and get these messages. And I'm like, I don't know what to do because I'm in Australia. Oh my and like, God. Even if I wanted to come back, I physically, I can't. So bless my mum's partner, Richard. He would go over at whatever time that the neighbours would call him to sort the alarm out. And sometimes, yeah, it was sort of later in the evening um, or they 
there was definitely a time when they hadn't set it properly and it wasn't going off but it was beeping and it wasn't set properly so he'd oh he'd have to have to go over and sort it all out so yeah that was definitely anxiety inducing and do you find that these things are quite they're quite like triggering aren't they like because it just takes you right back into your mum's not there definitely I can't be there to deal with it like it's just it's just re-traumatizing isn't it and so I think when things are quite triggering we tend to avoid things as well like I know I've been having issues Mm. where grandparents like grandparents have been triggering me so hard and I I don't want to go to the park with my daughter because I know that it's just going to make me feel anxious and Mm. I get panicky and sweaty and I just don't want to put myself in situations but the the issue is is those situations are all around us and we can't avoid them so it's like we have to keep doing that and I know one of the things with anxiety from my previous experience with it is if you let it overcome you it takes control of your life. Mm. But if you keep pushing forward and pushing through it and just owning it and being like, I am not going to let this stop me from doing things that I need to do. I've got control of this situation. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to feel a little bit anxious, but it's not how I'm going to feel for the rest of my life is when you can start to overcome those sorts of obstacles as well, Mm, I think. definitely. And like when we internalise it all as well, it's just so bad for us, like t- internalizing all of this fear and this worry and anxiety. And it's something that um, Dr. Edith Eager has said before, which I love. And she said, suppression leads to depression, which I think is just so great. And it's so true because if we leave all of those emotions in us that are so internalized, like we do make ourselves sick. And it can be debilitating. We had a listener um, share a story with us um, on Instagram about how her anxiety manifested physically for her. So she said after her mum passed away, she was really worried about a lot of different things, like a lot of uncertainty and things that were out of her control. And one of those things was finding a new place to live. And she was so anxious about it that she ended up having several anxiety attacks and it left her bed bound for like days she was like her body was aching from head to toe and she couldn't get out of bed and she just said she felt completely drained from the anxiety from all the worry oh yes it's awful and you know what that reminds me of is the grief hangovers can we Mm. talk about those as well like when you've had a really heavy griefy day and like a grief sesh like if you, if you wake up the next day, you literally feel like you've been drinking and out all night and you're so anxious. And I've been on like, a grief bender. <laughs> a bereavement bender. Oh, my God, bereavement We're still bender. due for one of those. We are. My yeah. husband um, has this joke that um, when we, him and I go out for a few drinks, it's a bereavement bender. Um, <laughs> but but can, we, can we talk about just having a few fucking drinks, which we can't even oh, do anymore because yeah. this is the main thing to do with anxiety that has changed our lives. Like we cannot even enjoy... A wine. Yeah. And or co- I mean coffee's anxiety inducing anyway, but yeah. but now I feel like it's like extra. Like my, my anxiety goes through the roof. Like having a few wines, like I feel I feel on edge and I know that you do as well. Yeah. Um, it's kind of next level. We always message each other like if we're feeling anxious, she's like have you had a drink? I'm like, maybe two glasses of wine. And we always yeah. bring it back and identify that it's because we have had some alcohol. Do you know what though as well? Are, the grief hangovers are a real thing. And I remember more so in the early days, like I would feel like, you know, when you're hungover and you just want to lie on the sofa, you can't get up. You're like mm. just really like wiped out. I would feel like that. I would have like days, especially at the weekend when I wasn't working, where I'd just be like, 
I just need to lie on the sofa Actually, all day yeah, today. you do get that, don't you? You just wipe out, like, well, you're just wiped out. Just exhausted. Yeah. Um, and there's a quote that I really like from Claire Bidwell-Smith. I think it sums it up really well, actually, just worry and anxiety from her book. I don't know if listeners have read Claire Bidwell-Smith's book. It's called Anxiety, The Missing Stage of Grief, A Revolutionary Approach to Understanding and Healing the Impact of Loss. Um, And it basically shines a light on how anxiety is largely a hidden dimension of what many grieving people experience. Um, And the quote, I think, is pretty spot on. It says, Worry is the mind's expression of anxiety. When we find ourselves worrying incessantly about things beyond our control, this is when we need to take steps to calm the mind. Yes. So perfectly put. So, yeah. What what sort of things do you do in the moment, Sal, that help you, like, calm your mind? So, for me... um, I find meditation, so trying to implement a really small bit of like practice of meditation into my day, normally first thing in the morning, um, really helps. Trying to practice mindfulness and being in the moment. Journaling, I found really helpful actually. Again, kind of to, to my point earlier, like stepping out how I'm feeling. Yeah. Um, and also the big one for me is exercise. And I know it's quite a common one but I have found that really helpful and I know you have as well going for a run having like a boxing sesh letting it all out what about you externalize it all I think the big one that really helps me is just connecting to my breath again Mm. like you know if I'm feeling hyper anxious I just try and ground myself and just really drop my breath into my stomach and take some deep breaths through my nose and then slowly release it out my mouth and just just do that and really focus on my breath I guess it's mindfulness isn't it like connecting myself back into my body if I'm Mm. feeling quite out of control um I think it really helps yeah and they're just cutting back alcohol like I just can't fucking drink I can't drink and it's it sucks because I do enjoy a social drink but it's just the way it has to be because the after effects are just not worth it especially while I'm grieving like it might not always be like this but at the moment during in my grief where I'm at now it just doesn't do me any favors Mm. I'm gonna kick it to the curb I think that's a wise idea mate um So should we jump into some listener questions? We had a lot of questions from you guys. Um, So we'll try and answer as many as we can. And just to say, we are by no means experts. Our answers are just based on our personal experiences. So if you are struggling, we do recommend that you seek professional help. And we've linked some resources in our show notes. So our first question is, how do you conquer anxiety? Some days I feel like I'm going to have a heart attack. Yes, it definitely sometimes feels like that. Mm. It can be very physical anxiety. It can manifest physically. It can make you feel sick, make you feel like you're going crazy, make you feel like you're going to die. Like all of these things are all really normal. We had a tip from a listener actually that I thought would really help for this one. So... Our listener wrote in and said, my acupuncturist said that when my anxiety is really bad, I should jump up and down and punch the air fiercely for one minute. It will be like you're shaking off the fear and it might help. And I, we actually did this earlier, didn't we? <laughs> we did because we were feeling super anxious about a big interview we had. Yeah, and so we were like, let's do what the listener yes, suggested. So thank it, you for this tip. We've already implemented it and it was good. So definitely try that and also maybe try some of the things that we mentioned just before so limiting alcohol um meditation mindfulness 
exercise. There was another couple of ones which I forgot to mention. Um, so I'm on these drops at the moment for heartbreak. So if it's for deep grief, they're um, by Alexa Smart and they're essential flower oil drops. And as something that I well, I want to delve into on another episode in more detail, but um, we'll link them in the show notes because I found them really helpful for my sleep. But another funny thing that I do, which so my stepdad is a Buddhist, right? And he um, basically told me he knows I do have trouble with anxiety and he got me onto these things called polarity screens oh yes he brought them around that time didn't <laughs> yes, he yes he yes. made you have a go on them too i know i was like lying on the <laughs> on the floor in the middle of im's living room with like him and her stepdad were on the sofa just chatting and i'm like trying these things out. oh my god it's so weird it's like, these, like skipping ropes aren't they yeah they look like skipping ropes or jump leads as ben calls them he's like are oh, you gonna go you know <laughs> jump jump start yourself i was like pretty much like that's pretty much what you do with them so they're like these copper screens copper wire screens i don't know that you lie and you put one behind your neck and one behind your back and then you hold these metal rods and then you cross your legs over and it's meant to polarize your energy so when your energy's all out of whack it just kind of puts it all back into place and I'm telling you now I fall asleep so fucking well when I'm on them like they good they really work so look them up polarity screens um you can get them quite easily I think so I know there's a stockist in Australia they're quite expensive but it's it's been the best investment for me um so that's another little tip love that Polarity screens. Yeah. <laughs> Jumper leads for humans. Yeah. Jumpstart yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I also wanted to share this story for, that we got from a listener. Um, and it was about what her friends did to her to help her anxiety um, after her husband died. She had anxiety around traveling um, without him. And I just think this is just a really lovely story. So my anxiety was over the top when my husband died. And one day my friends took me out to lunch and anxiety came up in the conversation. I burst into tears and said, I guess I'm afraid I'll never be able to travel again. There was a brief pause to analyse and then both of them said, then we should go on a trip. We left on a road trip a week later. I was still in deep grief and slept so much of the time, but I was safe and felt loved. And there were stars and the ocean and so much to love. They kept me from going further into my cave. I gained assurance that I can travel in this new life and I have incredible friends. And it really opened the door up to many, I can still do this without him moments. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. Like how lovely is that? And I think just a little bit of encouragement from people that know you so well, if you can share your anxiety with friends and family and, and, and people that you're close to, sometimes they can be a huge, huge help. And what beautiful supportive friends that mm. she has. And I love that response as well, rather than making you feel bad for going to the worst place mm. in your head, which we all do, we all, we all, you know, do that, is they just turned it around and turned it into something really special that helped them and give them hope again. She mm. got, she saw hope. I love that. That's really beautiful. Here's another question. I find myself constantly busying myself since my mum died in November. I have two young kids who are home with me all the time and they keep me plenty busy. Oh, I know the feeling. But I find I keep taking on more and more gardens, home renos, workouts. Sal, did you write this? <laughs> Sounds like you. Yeah, Crochet projects. <laughs> that is something that you would do. Because I'm a grandma. Yeah, you? granny, granny Sal. I'm wondering if you guys have experience with that or if it's a common coping mechanism in general. Sal, take it away. Oh, I'm just going to take the <laughs> mic for this one. Um, absolutely. I am so the same. I think it's a really common coping mechanism, just taking on more and more, even though you're at capacity. It's like just the only thing that you can think of doing is just keeping busy. Um, 
I was so busy in the early stages of my grief I touched on it earlier but I think my anxiety came on later on but I was just overdoing it and I propel myself and push myself by taking on more stuff and it sounds like you're really the same similar um we actually talk about this quite a lot in our episode with Joe Betts um who also was very similar in just keeping extremely busy after her husband died um so definitely is something I think that's quite common my tip is to just try and schedule in some time for for rest and try to take one thing off your list so if you've got things to do just every day or every week just try and take one thing off your list and start there and just try and free up a bit more time and know that it's okay to not be constantly busy I think it's just retraining yourself so if you feel like you've got like there's so much that you've taken on for that day go right what is the one thing that I'm not going to do today and I'm just going to allow myself 10 minutes to just be and I found that really helpful good advice another um, listener question here do you get anxious about how people will react when you talk about your grief I feel like this is one that I've written now. (laughs) 100%. I get the worst anxiety about this. So, like, it's basically like social anxiety. I get anxious if anyone, like, ask a question about my mum or what I'm going to say or what that looks like. I get anxious about, you know, if I were to go into a a new workplace and I didn't know anyone and I had to tell them that my mum was dead. It's like, I'd want to say it in the interview because it's such a big part of me. But like, Mm. at what point do you say that? Like all of these conversations go around in my head constantly. Like I've got a hairdressing appointment this afternoon and I, I guarantee you that somehow some way my mum will pop up in a question like who'd you get your thick hair from which happened last time and then it just fucking spirals me um so yes yes I get I get anxious because do you say that they're dead or do you just pretend that they're still still alive to avoid their weird reaction um it's really hard and so a lot of people I think internalize it and no one can see what you're going through and it's awful but Mm. it's normal I would say own just own it in terms of yeah my mum's dead right that's where I got my hair (laughs) my thick hair from (laughs) don't be afraid to say what has happened and talk about your grief if some people don't know how to react or can't deal with it then that's on them but don't let it um make you feel like you need to shy away from really owning owning sort of what has happened and expressing what has happened it reminds me actually of an instagram story of um amber from the grief gang Um, love amber amber's awesome so um she shared an instagram story about starting a new job um and she said i just got it out there i just said that my (laughs) mum had died straight away she was like first day in the bag i fucking love her (laughs) she's so good and um yeah and i think like you know just just get it out there just say um you know, say what you're going through, express how you're feeling. If they can't cope with it or they don't ha- know how to handle it, that's their issue, not yours. Because loss, it's such a big part of us now. It's it's pretty much, yeah, a big part of who we are now. So mm. just own it. I actually found like when I went back to work, um, talking about my mum a lot really helped me sort of process things and also like just cope with what, what happened. And I think for some of my colleagues, they're probably like, this is weird, but I was like, you know what? Like, it's helping me, so I'm just going to continue talking about my mum. And if people can't deal with it, 
then that's that, that's you know no skin off my nose it's so so true and i think the thing we have to remember is people don't know how to respond to death mm. especially in western culture like we just don't know how to deal with it so if anyone does have an off reaction like sal said like it's not it's not your issue it's not your problem it's theirs they will understand one day when they've had to deal with significant loss but really it's nothing to do with you and don't take that on question from um another listener here is I find myself being hyper vigilant now for my husband, daughter and my mum after my son died. Do you get this? I definitely get this. Mm. This is another one that I can relate to 100%. Um, I think I have uh, PTSD um, because my mum died by suicide and it was very traumatic Mm. and very um, sudden and tragic and the details surrounding it are horrific. Um, So I... I'm super hyper-vigilant. If my daughter drops her water bottle, um, I just go into a panic. If I hear loud noises, I freak out. Um, If, yeah, if anything happens, like if she trips over, like I'm like, (gasps) like thinking that she's like smashed her head. And sometimes I visualise it too. It plays out in my mind, um, Mm. which is very PTSD stuff. Mm. Um, And it's very, very exhausting. And it's like just an extreme alertness that you have um, and very hypervigilant and you're always looking out for dangers in in life and it's very, very exhausting and it is a normal response to grief. Do you feel like you've experienced anything like that at all, Sal? I think I can be hypervigilant and sort of I am on the lookout for, you know, dangers, both real and like presumed. But yeah. definitely, you know, some days I might feel a bit more anxious and sort of alert. But I, I definitely recommend if you are finding that it's something that you're struggling with to go and see um, a mental health professional I know that it you know as we spoke about earlier it's something that has really helped you in the past in with your anxiety and I know that it can you know be really helpful if you are finding that you're hyper vigilant and it's sort of taking over um, so definitely recommend that. It can be hard when you have children so I'm a, I feel like I'm a helicopter mum because of it. Mm. Um, I feel like I just don't want Layla out of my sight, out of arm's reach. I don't want her to, you know, trip or fall or do anything. So I feel like I'm wrapping her up in cotton wool just to protect her and it's not good for her because kids need to explore. Kids need to, you know, test the boundaries and fall over and learn from it. And I think when you, you are suffering from PTSD and you are trying to raise young children, it can be really, really difficult um so yeah as sal said definitely seek some help i've had a few psychologists on on the go um i haven't seen anyone for a little while actually but i'm definitely due to get back into it um but i definitely think just get some help because Mm -hmm. if you don't these things just get bigger and bigger and more consuming in your life and take up more space and it really is something that you can get a hold on but it is okay to need some extra help well said im well said. Yeah, God, I'm such a psycho. Poor Ben has to do it. Literally, she'll drop her water bottle. I'm like, oh, my God, what was that? And he's like, just chill the fuck out. I'm like, don't tell me to chill out. <laughs> you know, The worst thing that someone could say to you when you're in that state is to, like, calm down. It's like, mm. how can you tell me to calm down? Like, nothing can make me calm right now. Like, it mm. does, just doesn't help. So if you're supporting anyone, also don't tell them to calm down when they're being hypervigilant. Just give them a hug. Same goes for where you know if you're supporting someone who's just struggling with grief and anxiety in general. Just try and really 
be understanding, be calm, rational, patient. Like my poor husband, I'll be like, "Mm, my God, I've got a million things to do. And I just like, (laughs) won't like allow myself to sit down. And I'm like, that doesn't sound like you at all. Oh my God. And like my husband has to be like, stop, take a breath. Like, and, and rationalize, you know, w- rationalize what I'm going through and how I'm like, you know, putting I feel like this he did this to me the other day, your husband. I was like, oh, God, I've got so much on. I've got so much. He's like, but what have you got on? I was like, oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is a wise man, my husband. Yeah. And um, yeah, a very good person to have around when you're um, <laughs> over busying yourself. He's pretty good at talking sense. Well, that is a wrap for a grief and anxiety episode thank you everyone for writing in and sharing your experiences with us and if we didn't get to your question this time we're sorry and we will definitely try and get to your question next time if you submit one yeah for our next up close and griefy episode um so we really hope that this um was informative that it was relatable and that there were some helpful tips um and stories in there that might help you in your own grief journey so basically, we are all just all panic and no disco over here on the Good Morning Podcast. So you're not alone. Anxiety is very, very normal. And yeah, just don't be afraid to ask for help. And maybe try, you know, try doing something um, that you haven't done before. So whether that is like a two minute meditation or journaling for a minute or two every day, or maybe it's looking into something like polarity screens, um, just maybe try and explore some things that you haven't haven't tried before that might help you in your day-to-day and might be a helpful tool for managing anxiety as well and we'll link all of these resources in our show notes too if you have enjoyed listening to today's episode we've got a small favor to ask if you could leave us a rating or a review on apple Podcasts, then it helps good morning get seen by other listeners and if you know anyone who's struggling with anxiety or with their grief or anyone that needs to know how to support someone who is please spread the word about good morning good morning